wonderful be to be in church today. I, I feel so loved, honey. I know. Like the amount of love that this is our family. Like we love you guys so much. I would agree. I feel it. I would agree. I've heard about the renovations and the changes. Yeah. I've been wanting to get here to see it. Wow. Wow. Job well done, everyone. Yes, you really. guys. So warm, so inviting. This is wonderful. Are y'all liking it? All right, then. Let's pack this place out and get another it service It is packed going. up. We're getting, getting more service. Yeah. What I loved about the changes, even just physically and structurally here, is that there is a lot of significance of thresholds of when you first cross into a place and what you feel mm -hmm. and what you, and even the spiritual significance of that. And I just feel this new beginning of this threshold of when you come in here, it's harvest time. I just feel like there's perpetual harvest that is coming from here because while we're planting seeds somewhere, others are growing, but there's mm -hmm. always harvest somewhere going on. And that's just how God is. And I feel that happening here. And I'm so excited and so grateful. So it has a, so much to do with the anticipation of good. Yes. Okay. Anyone got yeah. a little bit of anticipation of good and it's not just good things, but let me give to you this this word good coming from scripture, you know, in, in creation, God said on day one, it was good, right? In, okay, animals, fish, land, sea. So good. Okay, day one was good. Day two so was good. what? And good. he saw it and it was, it was so thank good. you very much. Day three was good. And it was good. And here's the thing is, is that you could very easily take that word and replace it with harmony. In other words, day one was in harmony with day three as five was with two. You see, all things that God does is harmonious. Yeah. So when you're looking for a good return or a good harvest, it's going to be harmonious yes. with your heart, with your life, yes. with what God's doing. So I, I just take begin to have an anticipation. Everyone say anticipation, anticipation. of good things. Yes. You see, in relationship, things are going to get better, yeah. more harmonious, one mm -hmm. with another. You see, uh, in in relationship as the family of God, the church, you know, that ecclesia of God. You see, we get to walk in harmony, yes. one with another, because it's a good life. It is. Okay, you're my gift. Yes. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're my gift. Yeah. I know that we're entering into the um, season of holidays. Thanksgiving's just around the corner. Christmas decorations are already Everywhere. all in the store. You know, New Year's is coming. Isn't that right? Get give, your word, give a word of encouragement to your neighbor and say, you know what? Going into this season, you're looking thin. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking thin. You're looking thin. You're looking thin. Yeah. What have you? Yeah, so we're going to have a good thin. harvest thin. in this season. You know what I love about that word harmonious, honey, um, is that it's a musical term. And I believe that God, our creator God, is so musical that absolutely everything he created has a frequency, has a has this beauty, has this tone, and it's all different from each other. And he's got this huge orchestration of symphony, of beauty, and it's all transferred through love. It's that power of love that you even feel when you're in nature. It's all harmonious with who we are. He's incredibly musical because music isn't something you have to have. It's just perfect. Music is there for beauty, for enjoyment, for power.
for just everything music. And so we, you are singing a frequency song on this earth that you have a tone, a frequency that nobody else has. Think of that. Because of the very makeup of the one who made you, he says, I'm going to have this one sing this note. And then that's going to add to this note. And then they're going to be in family with these notes. And they're going to be all so different. But together, when we're, in, we're, in uni- mm-hmm. we're not in unison, when we're in harmony, then all of a sudden the music all plays together to make... In- There's nothing that describes you. Do you ever have a favorite song, but it's one moment in the song where you go, ah. Like, do you have that? Is it just me? I've never said it's this just out loud. You. No. I like- saw you yesterday marching across the backyard. When Audrey's on mission... She yeah. marches. I was yeah. born. My birthday. Sometimes she marches and I know I'm in trouble. Hey, listen. My birthday is March 4th. That is the truth. I know. This is prophetic. When he, he made me, he knew I had to be born on March 4th just because of the song I sing. She had her, you know, headphones in and she just going at it and, you know, and, and she just, you know. Doing get, her thing. I get stuff done. Get, getting it done. Yes, I do. And, and, and when that's going on, you just watch. Yeah. Just because watch the parade, everyone. Watch yeah. the parade. Yeah. And, uh, stuff gets done. It gets done. Um, where was I going with that? Well, we oh, were talking harmony. about harmony. Harmony, yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you, you, you ask the individual, you know, why are you shoving that cake, you know, in your, in your ear? He says, man, he says, you don't hear it? There's a party going on. You know what I mean? And so, uh, you know, I think life, you know, should be a party. Yeah. You know, you know, I live in a feast. Yes. Um, so you as a family yes. here have a unique song to sing. Yes. We were asked uh, to speak on the subject of parenting. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're so excited about this. Parenting. Yes. How many parents do we have here? Quite a few. Love it. Wow. Yes. Let, let, let's do that again. How many parents do we have here? Okay, okay. good, good. You know, the, the, the beauty of it or the uniqueness of it is once a parent, always a parent. <laughs> I had no idea what that reality really meant. <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought they'd grow up and go away. <laughs> they do, but then they come back. <laughs> they come back. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to talk uh, and share just a little bit about uh, parenting. And, but what I do want you to really identify is the uniqueness of a song that you sing mm-hmm. as a family. Mm-hmm. And the way to be in harmony, one with another, okay, it's not getting other people to sing your song, but I need you to sing your song mm-hmm. at, at its most high-functioning level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need you to be in tune. Yes. Okay, when you're in tune, others get in tune, now we can harmonize. And I'm okay. not in charge of your tune. Sometimes I, you are. Well, <laughs> I'm just trying. <laughs> wow, you're kind of on me today. <laughs> you started it earlier, <laughs> like even before we arrived. Really? Yeah. I yeah. Well, you, it just being cute. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. This is him thinking I'm cute. Yes. Okay. He t- likes to tease. But, um, okay, now I forgot what I was going to say. It was so good. I don't know. It's going to okay. happen later. Right. Okay. Let me, let me oh, start. you know what? It was, a, oh, okay. it, was about, it was about the series that you're in and, and mm-hmm. just Ben and Kara and their leadership that they bring here. I just can't start this message without the profound just celebration of who your leaders and pastors are. Ben and Kara, 
I admire you more right. than even, I'm going to start crying. That's how much emotion is behind this. The amount of your hearts, I think parenting is all about what kind of heart you have. And you pair it from the heart. And I just see your children, and I know your children. And I love the joy in your home. And I just want to celebrate and acknowledge and admire you and be inspired by you on behalf of everyone here. So thank you for being not just parents to your own children, but to so many of us here. And um, I just had to, that was so big yeah. in my heart today that yeah. I, I ad admire you so much, what you walk through. You don't go around things. Even what you've been through this year, you didn't get evacuated out. You went through. And what you learn when you go through, guys, you'll never get any other way. And it's going to launch you forward into That's things right. you couldn't ever even imagine. So proud of you and your children yeah. and your family. And yeah. we feel the love Good. so much. Come on, yeah. everyone. Right on. Wow. I would like to add to that. And just simply say thank you for caring for them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I heard the stories. I, yes. I, and yeah. how you have loved them, you know, yeah. through a very challenging season is phenomenal. Yes. yes. James, I'd like to bring a correction to you if oh. I might. <laughs> I, you spoke it in public. I'll correct you in public. <laughs> James says we are all a product of their union. No, I am not. <laughs> I am not a product of their union. Dude, that's just warped on every level. All right? Uh-huh, yeah, don't. Don't even try. Don't try to fix it, okay? All right. All right, I have a report here I'd like to read to you. And it comes from the New England Journal of Medicine, published a study in 2018, like you really care. <clears throat> but this is what the study uh, resulted in. And it says this, the article said, an extensive study in the U.S. found that the most productive age in human life is between... The decade, right? The, most the decade, okay. The most productive age in human life is between the age of 60 and 70. You see, we're talking Senior about, saints. We're, we're, Senior saints. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right? You see, we're doing a message on parenting, and you're like checking out. And I'm saying engage, Okay. Because I'm just a year, year away from that 60 mark. So my life is getting gooder. Yeah. It's getting gooder all the time. So it says here, um, the most productive age in human life is between ages 60 and 70 years. The second most productive stage of human life is between what? 70 and 80. Isn't that wild? The third most productive is between 50 and 60. Yeah. Well, isn't that just interesting? So, I mean, you got great pastors, but they're still going to learn a lot of things, aren't they? Yeah. So, just wait. We ain't seen nothing yet. But what I'd like to say is that, you know, with that, you know, there, there comes the wisdom, but I believe there also comes a culture mm -hmm. because it isn't about right or wrong. I think a lot of times when it comes to parenting, when it comes to uh, being involved in other people's lives, we, we want to bring correction, 
but we base it on being what's right and what's wrong, acceptable and unacceptable. But I believe in the kingdom, it has to do with wisdom. You see, cherish wisdom above all else. You see, it's not necessarily what's wrong, but what is the most wise, you know, that we can do or bring. And I love it. And I almost see that in layers, right and wrong. That's just first layer. That's like age one, two, and three when you're raising kids. But underneath there is really wisdom and foolish. And that's how the scripture works. We go, we're going we're gonna to have wisdom because there's life. Right and wrong just seems kind of like, well, for me, it, it's not very motivating because, you know, in fact, if you tell me to do something right, I, I kind of want to do it, like not behave. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it, that's not wise. Sorry. Ooh, I'm on stage. I should be much wiser this, than to say that out loud. But I am, might not be motivated to behave, but I'm extremely motivated to be wise. Because that's just connected to my father's heart because he's the God of all wisdom who says we're going to search out wisdom as, as because it is more precious than anything we could ever imagine. Riches, gold, gem, anything in life. Wisdom is what we want. So just think instead of right, wrong, just go wisdom and foolish. We're going we're gonna to be wise ones. We're going to be wise ones. So in my parenting and as you know, I grow and mature, these are the characteristics that I really want to develop in my life. And as I meet with, uh, what is it, saints? Um, seniors. Senior yeah, saints. Seni oh, wow. That's us, Bob. We're senior <clears throat> saints. I am now have a, have a, a pendant. I don't have a problem with that. Yes, anyway, card-carrying members, senior saints. Yes. Here's what we want to do. In your parenting, you want to be a lifelong learner. You want to remain curious, humble, empathetic, self-confident. You want to be candid. You will be gracious. Emotionally stable, compassionate, kind, fun, joyous, and happy. You see, this is what we bring mm -hmm. in character mm -hmm. in our parenting. Okay? So great. today's a great message because, you know, my life's just getting better. And uh, in Psalm 68, it says, you know, that God places, places the lonely in what? Family. Families. You see, mm -hmm. when you're lonely, you feel as though that you're isolated, that you don't belong. Family is where you belong. And so I just want you to know that as you're here today, that you are a part of the family of God. And more than that, that you belong here. I don't want you to give that another thought. Mm -hmm. Not only are you welcome, but there's a place for you mm -hmm. and that you belong here. Yeah. So let's jump right in. The scripture that we're going to really use for today's message, we were really excited about this topic, and we, we wanted to really get God's heart for you guys in regarding to parenting. And we're going to use the last verse of 1 Corinthians 13, where it says, these three things remain. Remember these? Let's say it out loud if you know them. Faith, Faith hope, hope, and, and love. love. But the greatest of these is love. And we want to talk about how we can apply faith, hope and love in how we parent and how the greatest of these will be love because we are Holy Spirit parents and we are we love God and God loves us. So we're just going to jump in to um, the fact that we just want to tell you a little bit of background. We're not perfect parents at all, just like no one is. And that's stating the obvious. But I'm but, good at it. Yeah, you are. You're a very good daddy. No, I want to be good at it. Yeah. Come on. I want to be a good parent. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, nobody thinks, you know what, I'm going to be a bad parent and I'm going to screw up my kids' lives. <laughs> you don't think that way. No. No, you want to be engaged. You want to be a yeah. partner. So I think to begin is I just want to say thank you, you know, to all the parents here. Thanks for being engaged. Thanks for being in your kids' lives. Have you messed them up? Yeah. But, <laughs> but again, that's not our intent. No. But the whole thing is, is that we can make these corrections. Yes. And being a parent is a very, very high calling yes, in life. Yes, it is. And I think that um, we would like to get personal with you guys of just how this has applied to our life because we're still on our journey. We're not 70 to 80 yet either. We're growing into that. But I will say, just to, for those of you who haven't met us before, Bob and I love doing ministry together. We've been in marriage ministry for many, many years. We've been in ministry our whole entire married life. But we've had, we have four kids and they are 35, 32, 30, and 20, and um, two of them are married, and we are expecting our first grandchild, thanks to Kara's yeah. prayers. Around yeah, Christmas. next next month, Janelle's like do on like right around Christmas. So we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have our first grandchild. So we're very excited about our little baby sunshine coming. But the big thing is is that I want to just relate to you on what the challenges have been right off the pop. Can I just tell you mine? Because depending on your song that you sing, you will have different challenges with parenting. But some of them, I think, are overarching. For me, it was I, we, we, we have this child, and we all of a sudden tap into a part of our heart that we, the depth of some kind of reservoir of a love that we did not even know was earthly possible. Like, how can you love this much? Oh my gosh, I could cry. We love our kids so much that they've been given to us as this amazing gift to steward. And the love is so big. And the responsibility, coupled with huge responsibility, so this extreme love and extreme responsibility has the challenge for me is it can sometimes result in fear because I love so much and I'm so responsible for this. And I just wrote down just some of the fears um, that we have as parents, just because we're going we're gonna to get, this is not the fun part, but you guys, we got to acknowledge this, that sometimes we get nervous and we get scared about our kids. And one of the fears is, one of the biggest ones, what if they don't succeed? What if my kid is a loser? What if I don't do it right? Well, it's kind of true. I'm just being real. What if they get my weaknesses and they're staring me in the face? What? Here it is. What if they die? What if they get sick? What if they get in a car accident? Don't tell me you haven't thought these things. I mean, maybe it is just me. Has anyone ever had these fears? Okay. What if they reject me? What if I'm a bad parent? What if I make a really big mistake or I just make mistakes every day? What if I'm vulnerable and then I make it worse? What if they don't like me? Do you, do you, if you relate to any of those fears, I'm going to tell you something about fear. Very important. Fear always mm -hmm. controls. So if you have thought any of these thoughts, welcome to the control club. We've all done it, and yet perfect love expels all fear. So if I could give any overarching message today is that I have recognized my fear and that I have had unhealthy attachments to my children and how I think they should turn out, 
what values they should have. I mean, we teach them all these things, but I have an unhealthy attachment that they are somehow my source for something. If our kids are our source for anything, there's an unhealthy attachment. I realized a year or two ago that I love a really nice, sweet, beautiful family picture. That's a beautiful thing. But if that is my source so that our family looks good and looks healthy for everyone else to see, then I'm asking my kids to do something for me because I need you to look good. Not just for the family picture, that's surface, but I need you to look to be succeed so that I can look like a successful parent. I need you to do this because I need you to do this for me so that I can be admired or acknowledged or something. Do you hear the agenda that comes behind this? Yeah, yeah, slow down. Okay. You're, you're hurting people. <sighs> you see, because this you is know, what is sometimes that us really up. stings. It, it does. And because we've been there. We yeah. have done that. And you want your child to be what? A reflection of what? Me. The best me. <laughs> you see? Yeah, mm -hmm. way better than, thank mm -hmm. you. Yeah. And so all of a sudden. Because we what, love them so, so much. So then because of that fear, what do I do? You guys are hearing this. Are you a, a controller? Mm, yes. Possibly. If you're scared if of anything. If not, you have been. Okay, and and that's and that's that's a harsh one to kind of hold on to, but then if if that be true, then it's the absence of what? Love. Love, because perfect love expels and removes most fears. All fears. Okay, so then there's a deficiency then in my life of love. So as a parent, my number one responsibility is not to love my children, but to be loved by my father. You see, because what we want to do is influence and parent the heart of the child. And the heart of an individual is the seat of their identity, of their dignity, and of their value and worth. But if I try to parent from a broken heart, then I'm trying to bring force that they wouldn't be like me. And force is the F word in our family. Mm -hmm. For real. Really. I, I can't force, I can't manipulate, I can't control, I can't do anything. Therefore, I must, what, be loved by God, discover the mercy of God, and then his grace for his realities to become mine. So again, what I need to do as a parent is to first and foremost deal with me and my fears. Be otherwise, I'm going to be parenting from a place of deficiency, hoping, you know, that they won't be like me. And then all of a sudden we have that healthy, that unhealthy attachment to our children. Are you hearing me? Okay, good. Next point. Well, I was just really thinking about this because the other thing that my challenge has been is to protect them from pain. I just don't want my kids to ever experience mm -hmm. pain. And so in what, everything that I've learned so far at being age 56 is that pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. So our children will experience pain. 
and, and I can't resist that. I can't control that. I can't keep them in a bubble so that that'll never happen emotionally, physically, whatever that is. I have to trust that if we're parenting their hearts, that when they experience pain, they won't get stuck into a land of suffering where it's going to hold them there forever. But that pain will be that very, very valuable map that leads them to further the journey, further the heart healing, further the, the transformation, further the relationship with Jesus. Because when I've had my greatest pain mm -hmm. is when I've, I thought I was in love with Jesus until I was on my worst day. And when Jesus loved me on my worst day, I experienced Jesus' love like I never had before. And it's going to be the same with our kids. We can't protect them from pain, but just understand that when they experience a moment of pain, that it's not your job. You can be there as a contributor, but you're not their source ever. You are not their source of healing or their source of direction. Their source. I understand wisdom, and I understand training our children. I get that. But you can be a contributor of God's heart, but he is their source. Even when they're not reaching out to him, even then they're not calling out to him, Jesus is ready there waiting and protecting them. We are trusting God in our children's lives. Thank so you. I, ha I have a, I have so many notes. Yeah, we have like a note kind of five a hours. And yes. so I'm, I'm kind of watching the clock. So I'm just going to throw some things out there, write it down, you know, and just, you know, let, you know, look at it for yourself coming up, you know, in the next few days. Okay, because we can't just allow this moment that we share together just to end once we have a, you know, uh, a prayer benediction and you walk out and say, oh, that was sweet. No, it's just like, wait a minute. I'm going to be loved by God. Yeah. And in being loved by him, I'm going to be an awesome parent. Mm -hmm. Okay? No matter what season of life that you're in. So the first one was this. Listen and obey. That is one of the traits we want to teach our children, right? As a little kid, we always went, O B E Y, obey your mom and dad. Did you do that one? O B E Y, it makes them very glad. Listen, Listen to, to the words they, they say. say. Obey, obey your parents every day. O B E Y, obey your mom and dad. Oh, hey. oh, oh, B E Y, obey your mom and dad. Okay, all right, right, right. Oh, B E Y, but it makes usually them very comes, glad. Okay, it usually comes with this. It usually comes with this. Sit down, shut up, and listen. That's usually how it's prefaced, okay? You don't know everything, and I do. I'm just saying. All right? Here's the thing. As a parent, how you doing? How you doing? With listening doing, and obeying. Right. How you doing with listening how and obeying? How you doing? You see, the only way that you can authentically hear the voice of God for yourself is when you have a heart that's willing to follow. You'll only hear what you're willing to obey. So how you doing? You see, and again, this is where we invite, because what we're authentically looking for is a heart connection with our child. Yes. See, I don't know of anyone who's more right than God himself. And Jesus says, I've come to reveal God as what? Father. A father. 
See, that's family term. But he's willing to involve himself with the consequences of my choices. And he says, I'll stay there as long as it takes. He says, because I'm going to make a way out for you. As a parent, would we be willing to involve ourselves with the consequences of our children's choices and stay there as long as it takes and make a way out for them? Or do we say, suffer the consequences of your choices? It's very interesting. Because I don't want my child to live in a land of suffering. Because suffering has everything to do with identity. It's not just what I did, but now I must suffer the consequences of my choices. You see, I don't see that in the heart of God. He says, there are consequences. That I understand. But that has nothing to do with the truth of your identity, your dignity, value, and mm -hmm. worth. Mm -hmm. You see, we want to so strongly appeal to the intellect of a child... But then what we do is we puff up their ego. But you see, when I have the truth of my identity within my heart, put me in any situation, and I'm still going to be me. You know, Audrey mentioned, you know, that on her worst day. But you see, what her father said to her, Audrey, that's what you did, but that's not who you are. You see, as a, as a parent, yeah. we have this extreme power to be able to speak identity to the heart of a child. Mm. So would you then, as a parent, continue to involve yourself as a, as a young child in the, in the seasons of their life? It's far more um, instructional. But then, in, in the latter years and the other seasons of their life, it's far more invitational. Mm -hmm. But I'm always connecting with the truth of their identity. I know who you are. I remember when I was sitting right in this, when, when Pastor Ben, you said it. You said, and I think you probably say this a lot, God doesn't love to remind you what's wrong with us. He reminds you what's right with us. Mm -hmm. And I love that. That's what we do with our children. Anyway, keep going if you want. you got lots. Oh, right. Okay. Um, oh, I here's a good one. Uh, correcting thought and ideas that touch the heart. That's real important, okay? So, as a parent, I have a very unique role of what? I do want to correct and bring a better or another way of thinking mm -hmm. because the way that you think dramatically influences what's allowed in and out of your heart, Okay? So all of a sudden, I do. I want to not just bring truth, but I want to walk truth. You see, because <laughs> um, um, uh, how, how many like the Phoenix Suns watch basketball? Okay. Oh, not that many. <sighs> we're, we're pretty big fans. Yeah. Big Our fans. house is nuts every night that there's mm -hmm. a game. Okay. So he has a saying, you know, uh, what you do is greater than your words. You know, that's his thing. Yeah, it's on his ball caps, all those kinds of things. And that's the, very, that's the truth, is that your actions speak louder than your words. You've heard that. And, and the thing is, is that your children are constantly watching. 
and observing. So, so I just want to really talk to the, your heart right yes. now about what happens when there's challenges because we do experience fear. I talked about those fears, but then remember 1 Corinthians 13, but the greatest of these is love because you see God, our Father, knows we are going to encounter fear, but we are going to become fearless, not just because we're forcing it and trying hard, but because we're perfectly loved. What happened during communion when we took that drone and went to that heart of Jesus, you know? We got to experience Jesus. Thank you for that, James. I, I put myself in that movie, and I was, my, 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 my cheek was on his thigh, and his arms were on my shoulder, and I cried in his presence. And when I, when I took communion today, I'd never done that before, but today I got to do that. Thank you for that, because experiencing Jesus is where his love is just so present, so real, so personal, the way my song experiences it. You can experience Jesus your way, but we, we will experience God's love, and all of a sudden there's no fear in that moment. There's zero fear. And so I believe that I just want to take two seconds with faith, hope, and love because it's applied to my parenting a lot because we need faith as parents for our children. No one loves my kids as much as I do. You know, other people might say they do, but I know that I've been put on this earth positionally in, in a place in their lives for mm. their hearts. I love all y'all, but no one has a place in my heart like my kids. That's a responsibility and a privilege that I have in their lives. There has been many moments in their life when I know I'm cheering for them every moment of the day and thinking about them, even when others might not be and they don't even know it. But I am... I, they are in my heart. And so faith, what does it mean to apply faith to parenting? And I believe that a great um, definition of faith is seeing the end from the beginning. Someone might see my kids, and our kids have gone through a lot. And I don't want to give you a, a laundry list because it would, but it's a, I just want to tell you that I relate to a lot. They've been through a lot. They've made stupid choices. Sorry, but they have. And they're not stupid, but they've done dumb stuff. Okay including, you know, jail, some other stuff. I'm just talking, like, I'm just telling you. Okay, all right. I thought okay. we weren't okay. going there. Okay, Because then you're going to start talking about my dumb stuff. Okay. I just want to tell you that I'm not just... And you know what? A lot of times there's no answer for stupid. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you just got to leave it, and then it's just like, okay, yeah. that belongs in the category of stupid, period. <laughs> just leave it, because I know who you are. I know, I know who, who you, you are. are. So, faith, if I'm truly going to see the end from the beginning, do I see a kid in jail or do I see the end from the beginning? Do I see that kid making stupid choices or do I, it is my incredible privilege as a parent to see the end and say, nope, hanging on. Nope, hanging on to what I see. I actually see the end from the beginning. I see a, a, a man and a woman who has a heart after God, loving Jesus, having faith and hope and dreams, and that's who I see. And then the other thing is for faith, I believe that we need to feel the end from the beginning. What does that mean? It means I'm already celebrating with bliss, seeing and actually feeling the end from the beginning where I see that kid happy, strong, confident, amazing, moving forward. So what I want to do in this, because I say I am. I am. A person of faith. A person of faith. I'm able I am able to see the end from the beginning. To see the end from the Therefore, beginning. Therefore, I'm going to engage all of my senses, even before it's my reality. 
Because, oh, yeah, okay, we can stop now. <clears throat> you're, you're slowing me down. <laughs> That's the next service because I don't speak Spanish. Okay, but you see, what you want to do in vision, because we all have a vision for our family. We have a vision for our children. We have a vision for our home. So it's, faith is being able to see the end from the beginning but vision draws it into the immediate, and I put all of my senses, I engage I all of them. I feel the end of the beginning. Okay? I hear the sound. We have agreement as parents. Yes. You see, if one can chase 1,000, two can chase 10,000. We see, we feel, we celebrate, and then I'm able to take that and send it back into the future. Okay, but this is a part, this is a unique role that you play as a parent, well into your senior years. And I want to just put this very practically in play. A couple years ago, um, we have an, our oldest son is just really loving universalism and kind of putting Jesus on the shelf and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's heartbreaking for us. And I'm sure you can imagine. A couple, a couple years ago, I stopped, I started engaging my faith like this. So when I say, oh, instead of just, do you know that we pray and just beg God to do stuff and it's doing you no good? Oh, God, help my son. He's so twisted right now, you know, or whatever that is. It's like all you're doing is bringing a whole bunch of pouring attention into how twisted he is. Like, let's be in agreement with faith is a substance of things not seen, things hoped for, all of that, Hebrews 11. But you know what? I started really doing this, and so I'd get this, the feels. I'd smile, and I'd think, thank you, Jesus, that you're with Chris right now because you've never left him. Thank you, Jesus, that you're with Christopher right now. So I remember um, I would actually ask him for a vision of it because faith is seen. I, I'm not kidding about seeing the end from the beginning. I'm seeing it, and I'm also seeing present reality from the secret place, from our realm of heaven. Where are you with Christopher right now? And I'd pray to say, where are you with Chris right now? And I had this visual. Chris loves playing guitar, and Chris is at his desk working and, and from home, and I just saw Jesus just playing this song in the corner with his guitar. And I went, wow, Jesus, I love that song. He goes, yeah, I'm not freaked out about Chris. I'm not scared. He's on a journey. I'm playing my music, and one day he's going to hear the music, and we're going to be best friends. We are best friends. He just, he's just, I just need to finish the story. No, no. Okay. I so, was going to add to it. But okay. You better, I won't interrupt again. Okay. But with this, with, but this, I want to tell you what happened. A year later, I'm in our office, and I won't tell you all the details, but a year later, he's broken up with the girlfriend that, that was the atheist that he was living with. Not that I love her, and I still do, and she knows it. That's not about her. But he's, he's not living with her anymore. He's changed cities. He keeps coming home. He came, flew in last night just because he wanted to be with us for another couple days. But the best moment is, is that I was able to tell him that story because he said, he said, you know what, Mom? I was thinking about Jesus the other day, and, I, and he said, and he was holding hands with you. I said, really? That's beautiful. I said, you know what? I think about you with Jesus a lot, and he's playing guitar, and he's got music, and he just started bawling. He goes, I hear the music, Mom. I hear the music. No freaking out. No fear. Because that's not how our fathers, he's not freaked out with where your kids are and he's with them wherever they are. Because perfect love expels fear. 
We could give you 90 points of how to be a good parent, but honestly, if there's no fear, then there's no control and there's no agenda. And we get to let them walk their journey, and that's the biggest thing I'm continuing to learn. And also, when my kids disappoint me, I deal with it because it happens. Kids disappoint you, and I've got to receive mercy in those moments when I've been disappointed. I said, Jesus, this is a disappointment. And I let Jesus love me and fill me with mercy till it's overflowing so that I see the mercy overflowing onto my kids and go, yeah, I see the mercy on them. I don't need to hold this against them because love keeps no records of wrong and love does not reduce and label someone. And I've done that with my kids. I've labeled them as, oh, it's that kid. It's the crazy one. Our kids have had, one of my kids have had healing from that because she was called the crazy one. But that shame cloak was lifted. We're not going to reduce her to that, to labels. We are going to speak life, faith. We're going to feel the faith. We're going to see the faith. I just really. No. And so I don't want you to stand on the sidelines waiting. Okay. Judging. When will you? change when will you you see i didn't raise you to be like that you know better that's not my heavenly father rather he comes close to where i am he says let me remind you who you are never ever think that it's difficult or hard to hear god's voice so often we have so much other clatter going on that we don't hear. But his whisper is always there. Not because it's difficult to hear, but because he wants you to know how close he is to you. Would your children hear your whisper? Not because you're right, but because you're close that you're really, really close. You see, because I need you to parent for generations. It's not about the immediate. There's all kinds of parenting books out there that you can get and really mess up your kids. <clears throat> but when you parent for the heart, you see, now you're, you're drawing identity. So, and then there's one other thing, and then we'll be done. When your children make mistakes, when they do mess up, make it easy for them to come home. Real easy. Really easy. Let your home be a house of mercy. Even when they're wrong, it's not worth being right. You see, your relationships can be different today because you've experienced a love of a father. And when that becomes your reality, then you can risk loving others. Let's pray. As your eyes are closed, <clears throat> I want you to, to just recognize how much you're loved. Mm. And with your eyes closed, just see yourself somewhere with Jesus, somewhere beautiful. 
and just experience his love. Experience your father with you, your father in heaven loving you. And just repeat after me and say, thank you. Thank you, Father, for loving me. And as you see his hand on you, him loving you, let that love, that perfect love, melt away and expel all the fears. As you're there, just even have that sense of feeling that nothing's wrong. Yeah. And I'm not in trouble. I actually belong here. And I'm fully and completely being loved. And I send away the fear of being a bad parent because that's not serving me well. If you've thought that you've been a bad parent and you've messed up too much and it's eerie, eerie, it just can't be turned around, just say, I'm letting that fear go. Just send that fear away. It's not helping. It's not, it's not even true. Thank you, Jesus. We don't have to fear because you're not freaked out about our kids and you're taking care of them. Thank you, Jesus. Good. You're loving them. I speak peace over you. Peace over, over your, your hearts. Heart, yes. Over your mind. You're good parents. Yeah. Yeah, we've made mistakes. But I'm parenting for generations. Now I can admit my wrong. And I can humble myself and pursue them. Why? Because I actually love you. And I really want you in my life. Father, I thank you for this home, for this household of faith. Thank you for healing our hearts that we belong and that we are fully and completely loved by you. As we leave this place, I want you to know that you go and you change the atmosphere. Yeah. You see, you change the attitudes that are going on. You're an influencer mm -hmm. of divine mercy, peace, love, joy, confidence, courage. Thank you. Amen. We love you guys. So grateful for the Father in your life and how he loves you. Thank you.